1: Hello, and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich.
2: Hello, Jason. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. Got NBA Finals on the horizon here. We made it.
1: We, we did, finally. We made it. Wow, it uh, got a little hairy for uh, for Miami, but they managed to not blow a 3-0 lead, made it into the uh, the Finals. Um, some history made there. Um but yeah another team who has made history the Denver Nuggets for the first time they are in the NBA finals pretty uh pretty amazing accomplishment for this team they were in many ways, you know, they have certainly the best in the West for basically the entire season and looked like they were going to dominate, but they kind of slipped a little bit for a couple of months. It was looking a little bit hairy, but in these playoffs, they have looked uh, quite dominant. Of course, having the two-time NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic, uh, some some great uh, role players as well. Uh, Coach Michael, don't call him Mike Malone. No, no, please. Do not. You know, he doesn't like that. So. Yeah, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. They they, they got quite the team, and uh, we'll see if they can win a championship, but they've made it to the NBA Finals for the first time.
2: They have. They have, and I believe the final ABA team to make the NBA Finals, if, if I uh... – my yes. math is correct on all those. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It feels so long ago that the pi- the the Pacers made it. I always forget. You know, everybody like I right. always I know that they made it, but I always forget about the two thousands Pistons because it's like they came, but I mean they didn't really make the NBA Finals. They they were there. They played the Lakers, but you know, yeah, it was like well,
1: they, <laughs> no, they, they gave a pretty good run actually. They they did, they well. did better than others. Yeah, yes. uh, they took it to six, I believe. You know, they so they you know they, they did a little better. than They were than all others, bald though, yeah. wasn't
2: that the bald year? That was weird. I think I just tried to forget that. I, that is that where I they thought, were all bald, or was that another year that they all got bald? I thought
1: '98 was all bald. I thought 98
2: oh, you're was. maybe you're right. Okay, so I, yeah. I'm, I'm mixing. The, I, I'm being unfair to the 2000 Indiana Pacers. I apologize. But how uh, dare you? But yeah, yeah no, I, I, yeah. But but for the Nuggets, I mean, it's it felt like it was a long time coming because I I know potentially you know we're, we have a little bit of an age difference between you and me, but when I really started following the NBA. The Nuggets were like the laughing stock of the NBA and pretty much were right. for like 10 more years after that. Like, I really started getting into the NBA about 90, you know, 94, 95 ish. And they were okay at that time. You know, they were still pretty good. Yeah, the Dakemi Matambo stuff, we'll talk about that. But it happened very quickly that they got bad. And by like 1996, 97, they're like, all right, this team's pretty bad. And then they'd be. Pretty bad for a long time until Carmelo came, and and that's it it just felt like they were so bad for so long and had so much turmoil that it never quite felt like this moment was ever going to come, that this moment where they were going to make the NBA Finals and and be favored, like uh, the betting favorites going in to the the, the NBA Finals, like the betting favorites are the Denver Nuggets, which just, you know, telling 1998 me that the Denver Nuggets are going to go to the NBA Finals and be the favorite, uh, I just wouldn't believe it. Uh, but uh, it's been quite the ride for them and, and we're going to get into that here. We're going to give you a little bit of the history of the Denver Nuggets because it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit more fascinating than you might think it is on its face. You're like, yeah, the Denver Nuggets, but it's, it's been a lot of ups and a lot of downs, futility, innovations, experiments, lost superstars, and, and now finally uh, they made it to the NBA Finals. Will they win a championship? We don't know. But as of this recording, they're making it to the Finals. That's what we do now.
1: Right. The, the, that is what we do now. Yeah. And, you know, Interestingly enough, like, outside of that period that you're talking about, which was a, a, a fairly extensive period of, you know, seven, eight years where they were, you know, mostly a terrible franchise, um, they've usually been good. Not right. now, rarely great, never really great, but they've usually been been good, Um and they've, they've obviously had a very good run over the last few years with, with Jokic. And this is the furthest that they've got, but they had made two conference semis before then, you know, they had a, a pretty good run with George Carl as coach, you know, obviously we'll get to the ups and downs, you know, they've had memorable guys the Doug Moe years, you know, and, and most of those that time they were, you know, at least good, sometimes very good, but as, as we say, um, at least in the NBA falling short of the finals, but yeah, let's, uh, let's dig into it. We, um we're going to start by going way back. How far oh, back yeah. Ago, Rich? yeah. We're
2: going to go way back. We're going to go to 1932. And you're thinking, what are you guys? The NBA wasn't around. What are you guys talking about? Well, there was a professional basketball team in Denver before the Denver Nuggets. They were the Denver Nuggets. Yes. The Denver Nuggets. And <laughs> yes. In 1932 uh, as an AAU team led by player coach Jack McCracken. 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 Jason, McCracken. what's what's your favorite Jack McCracken story? Just one. Please just pick one for, for the My purposes of gravity. Jack brevity.
1: McCracken story. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not something I can tell in the air. Ah, so I, I knew
2: it. Al, old yeah. Jack. Old Jack at it again. Yeah. Yeah. Old, McCracken, yeah. yes.
1: old McCracken. Old always, McCracken. Old man McCracken. You know, I don't know how he got that name. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. You know, well... Yeah.
2: Uh, Jack McCracken's uh, Denver Nuggets, they were an AAU powerhouse. They won the AAU yes. titles in uh, 1937, 1939, and 1942. Uh, and at the uh, time, you know, amateur teams often associated with you know factories, workplaces, sometimes just communities or whatever were offered more money than the pro teams. And there are examples of NBA early NBA players, you know, leaving their team to go play in an AU team. You know, work maybe you work at this company, you're going to get paid for the working for the company, and then hey, after the you know after your work day, you play for the basketball team and you make a little extra money that way somehow in a lot of ways that was doing better <laughs> than a lot of the pro teams which you know nowadays seems absolutely unfathomable, but yeah it was absolutely uh, uh the case and um you know that Denver AU team unfortunately wasn't always the Denver Nuggets they started as the Denver Nuggets but they changed a little bit uh, they were one time known as the Safeway Pigs as well as the Ambrose Jellymakers Jelly Ambrose yeah. Jelly makers. You know, what, what yeah. do you think the Ambrose Company did? Do you think they made jelly? I, I assume that would be the case, right?
1: I I, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, I'm very you know, I'm I'm a little scared about what um would happen there. But yes, I I do believe the uh yeah the Ambrose jelly makers. I'm going to go ahead and on a limb here. Guess they uh, had, had jelly. Maybe McCracken was how somehow involved. Maybe it was the McCracken technique of how they made their jelly.
2: Right, right, right. No, uh, no jam or or, or 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 marmalade or anything. Just straight no, jelly. Just, I believe just straight yeah. jelly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're not going to you're you're not going to mess with, you know, the Ambrose method obviously. Right, you know?
2: right. You want to go get jam go go to, you know, go somewhere else, but Ambrose he is giving you gel. somewhere yeah.
1: else. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. after uh, the 1948 season, the Nuggets, uh, the the Denver AAU team, uh, decided to legitimize themselves, join the pro ranks, and they linked up with the Nas- National Basketball League uh in 1949. Uh did not go great. They finished 18 and 44 dead last in the Western uh division, but as uh, is is going to happen a couple times with the <laughs> the Denver uh, professional teams, uh, they were part of a merger that led to the, of course, newly formed NBA. Uh, the Nuggets then led by player coach Jimmy Darden, uh, jump shot innovator Kenny Sailors. We've talked about him several times on this show. Sure. Uh, the team also featured Dillard Crocker, who I know for a fact we've talked about before. Yeah. Uh, as well as the discussion that there's just not enough Dillards in today's NBA. If you ask me, <laughs> I mean that's just, I, uh, there's yeah, Damian Lillard's, which I guess if right. you combine Damian Lillard's name, you would get Dillard. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should just call Damian Lillard Dillard, and then we will have Dillards in today's game. But uh,
1: we well, got a Dillard, yeah. Absolutely. I we'll have
2: to run that by him and see if he's we, cool with we, uh, his nickname we, being Dillard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's let's not dilly dally about that. Let's, I
2: can't imagine he would be against it, but just yeah. in case he is, uh, you know, tell him well, you are named after 1950s, Denver <laughs> leader Dillard Dillard Crocker. So I'm
1: sure he's going to go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Bob Brown was on that team. Dwayne Kluth was on that uh, team as sure. well. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering, man, who the hell are these guys? None of these men really had particularly long careers, which is probably why yeah. the team went 11 and 51 in their one and only NBA season. So. Yeah, they started 0-15, they got their first win 68-61 over the Baltimore Bullets, uh, another name that was reused by a second franchise as well, because it's not the same Baltimore Bullets that you're thinking of. Uh, As far as that starting 0-15, the 2016 Philadelphia 76ers and the 2010 New Jersey Nets uh, shared the NBA record for the longest losing streak within the same season. Uh, at 18 straight games. So uh, not quite there, but uh, pretty uh, pretty nice futility there uh, at 0-15. They featured 10 rookies, three players in their sophomore year, one player, Jack Tume, uh, with two years of experience, and then Kelly Kenny Sailors, uh, who was in his third uh, NBA season there. So that's kind of it for that team. As I said, they're one and done. Uh, and this current Nuggets iteration does not share any li- lineage or any records or anything with the team. Uh, that you know uh, the, uh, of this era here so it's a completely different team than today's uh, Denver Nuggets and and real quickly uh Denver did have another pro team for the 1951 season when the Denver Refiners which is a hell of a name I love it's that right name in. yeah the refiner yeah they played in the National Professional Basketball League, the NPBL, which was made up of franchises that were kicked out of the NBA for one reason or another for uh, being bad or not having money or, or yeah, so basically they were
1: two small markets. Basically, yeah, they, right, they right. shut out all the, all the they shut out all the smaller markets plus Denver, which was pretty far west, so travel was hard.
2: Right, yeah. right. Your Sheboygan yeah. Blackhawks and those th- that right. ilk, you know, kind of got kicked yeah. out to the NBA, uh, yeah. NPBL. Yeah, um, yeah Waterloo.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. Yep, yeah. yep.
2: Uh, right. But that team, they finished okay. They were eighteen and twenty-two. Uh, but not in Denver. They did not finish the season in Denver. No, instead, the team moved to Evansville and became the Evansville Agogins. The Agogins, yes, my favorite Evansville Agogins for the last right. six games of the season. Can you imagine Agogin fever in Evansville? As, as they're like, hey, uh, you get this team for six games, so come watch <laughs> you know them. I mean, it's like, all right, cool, you know. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if McCracken had anything to do with that, but uh, no. I bet he did. All
1: right. <laughs> it's, right. I just—it's it's fun to say. Yeah, they were a gog for the Agogans, of course. So, yeah, no, who, that's, who uh, isn't? Who I I'm a gog for the Agogans. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, that's a, exciting, yeah. So, and yeah, the Nuggets. After the Nuggets and the Refiners folded, Colorado did not have any major league sports teams until the Denver Broncos began playing 1960.
2: Yep, it's so. so almost almost a decade without any any major league team, which is you know wild. Now, given that you know they have everything, right. but yeah, uh, and and even then, it wasn't like you know. It's still kind of modern history that they have baseball and hockey there too, because the Rockets sure. come in nineteen ninety three, yeah. uh, the Nordiques moved to I want to say ninety five, maybe somewhere in that I'm not a hockey. Uh, this isn't a hockey yeah. podcast. It's not a but, hockey podcast. But no. It's somewhere around there. It's not. It's not. So it is actually pretty relatively yeah. recent that they've had all those teams. But uh, the Nuggets, so, though, the Nuggets did come back.
1: Yes, yeah. they did. They did. They did come back. Yeah, I'm not going to look that up because because this is not a hockey podcast. I'm not going to look <laughs> up that fact. People can do it by themselves. But yeah, yes, we don't have the, any
2: Quebec Nordique knowledge. I don't have that much Quebec Nordique knowledge in my in my brain, unfortunately. Sorry.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, these Denver Nuggets began – Interestingly, in Kansas City, well sort of. So 1967, the uh ABA is about to uh about to start getting on and uh one of the new exclusive American Basketball Association franchises is awarded to a group in Kansas City led by Southern California businessman James Trindle. Trindle was a partner in a large Southern California engineering firm. He put up $35,000 to be part of the investor and ownership group. Costs a little bit more. The um, I know there's been inflation, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that $350, $35,000 is probably not like, you know, A billion dollars today (laughs) yeah i I know that much
2: (laughs) we got some pretty bad inflation going right now but uh yeah i can't imagine let's see what was it 1967 to today's dollars yeah that'd be 322 thousand dollars in today's money which is still if so if you walked into you know any place and said i have three hundred thousand dollars i'd like to buy an nba team (laughs) like i don't I think that, I think that, I think ashima bought the Suns for a little more than than three hundred thousand dollars. So yeah, I yeah, think, that might get like
1: that might get like a half a percent of that maybe, it, yeah, maybe yeah maybe, maybe, like maybe a, 30, a point yeah. maybe a half a point yeah. you know there you go yeah <laughs> but All
2: uh right. yeah I mean you could buy season tickets for that if sure, you if yeah. you like but you could sit you could sit yeah. close to the team but yeah I don't think you're owning the yeah, team for out uh, there
1: probably not uh yeah they uh they had one problem they could not find a good arena in Kansas City. Uh, left scrambling, the ABA commissioner George Bikin, said, "Like, hey, why don't we try Denver?" At? And uh, it worked. It worked very well. The uh, they were uh, their general manager was former NBA player and original Nugget Vince Borla, who was a Denver resident at the time. He was named GM, and then Trindle and his group decided to make it official. The team was now in Denver. However, thankfully, the Cincinnati Royals they would later find the Municipal Auditorium in. Kansas City hospitable for a couple of years before Kemper uh, Arena was built, although they would spend their weekends in Omaha, presumably with their dad who lived in Omaha. Their mom <laughs> right was, was in Kansas City, you know, sure. Kansas City, Omaha Kings, you know. Yes. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Of course, you got to, you know, split time between parents. You can't just live one place or another. At least not not at least for three years. They, they were, you know, eventually they reconciled in Kansas City. Everything was happy. But, you know. Uh, anyway, yes. So they were like, hey, we're going to call them the Denver Larks. How do, you, how do you feel about Denver Larks?
2: The Denver Larks, uh, you know, initially I was like, that's kind of bad, but the Denver Larks isn't too bad. You know, that, that, yeah. that's okay. You know, you could have like some weird puns, like ah, on a lark, I'm gonna go to Denver and watch the larks or whatever. Yeah, like you know, and and a pretty cool bird. I mean, it's not a very menacing bird. It's like a very small bird, but uh, they're cute, I guess. (laughs) So I don't know if that's exactly what you're going for as like a a, a professional basketball team is like cute little bird with a little you know little yellow on its face. But uh, I don't know. I like birds. I like the larks. So sure, not bad.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm I I like Nuggets better, but I think Clark's you know is a is a Decent name, unfortunately, you're probably not going to get any opportunities for any other lurks, you know, being the Colorado State bird and all. But, um, nevertheless, I mean, we obviously somebody, whenever an NBA expansion team happens, we're gonna to have to pitch a, a Goggins as their oh, name. for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so the Vancouver Goggins, I don't know, sure. um, Louisville Goggins, we'll figure Las
2: out. Vegas, Las Vegas, a Goggins.
1: Las Vegas, a Goggins. that actually <laughs> would be really good, yeah. All right, um. Of course, you know. Commonly, in the early days of the ABA, yeah, the people who tried to get franchises true that they didn't really have enough money to uh, run a pro basketball. team. <laughs> Turns out
2: they said they had money, and then they would say, yeah. "Okay, now you can pay us." And they went, "Okay, uh, oh, one problem.
1: Well, I don't Let me just go have... to my
2: car. I have my checkbook right. in my." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the
1: I... Simpsons thing.
2: <laughs> drives away. You know, I
1: I don't have thirty five thousand dollars. So, uh, <laughs> they uh, they were up, so uh, Commissioner Mike in. Uh, Forced the team to post a uh, $100,000 performance bomb or the franchise would be taken from them. Eventually, the team was sold to Bill Ringsby, who owned a Denver trucking business. Uh, They uh, they decided to rename the team the Denver Rockets based off of his company's trucks. The NBA also had their own Rockets based in San Diego, who debuted the same season, but... No one really cared at the time. Uh, So now we have the Denver Rockets. Tell me a little bit about the. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I was just, I, I was always surprised that there was a team called Denver called the Rockets. And I think it was only in doing research for this that I realized why they were called the Rockets is, is, is based off, you know, Ringsby's uh, trucking business. Cause it was always, right. it never made any sense to me. I'm like, Houston Rockets always made sense. And they were somehow right. the last Rockets right. <laughs> in the, in, in basketball and the yeah. Denver one. I was like, I've been to Denver. I don't know what the hell they're talking about with the Rockets, uh, rockets? part, yeah. but yeah. it's all because of uh bill Ringsby and his Rockets trucks, you know, get you, yeah. get, get your, get your stuff quick with Ringsby's rocket trucks. But there you go. The Denver Rockets. So, uh, they're in the ABA, and it, it it speaks to what you said at the top of the show, where you know, despite like very very notable futility, you know, throughout the '90s and the early 2000s, the Rockets and the Nuggets, in general, were really damn good, and they, and they were solid as hell in the early days of the ABA as well. They went 43 and 33 uh, in their inaugural season. They made it all the way to the Western Division semifinals. Uh, their second year, they went 44-34, and 34, again lost in the Western semis. That's going to be a theme for the Nuggets, unfortunately, for a lot of time. Uh, yeah. Then in 1970, their fortunes completely changed when they acquire uh, the at-the-time controversial star Spencer Haywood to their team. So if you don't know about this, the story of Spencer Haywood, uh, one of the first players ever to turn pro before graduating from college. He had a standout year. Uh, At the University of Detroit, he decided to turn pro. Uh, The NBA had a rule in place that obviously prohibited players from joining the league until four years after their high school class had graduated. Uh, The NBA had a similar rule as well. Uh, but league executive Mike Storen decided, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> it's like, that rule's kind of dumb, right? If we can get Spencer Haywood, right. we should probably try to do it, shouldn't we? Uh, yeah. So they said, well, how? what can we do here? And they dreamed up a hardship exemption that would allow certain players to break that rule. Uh, Haywood, it was said that his family was quite poor. His mother was raising 10 children. She had a meager income. And the ABA said, you know what? Sure, pal. Come into our league And uh, the Rockets selected him in the ABA draft, and it was on, and he was incredible. That's why they decided to have the hardship exemption and say that this rule is kind of dumb because he comes in. He leads the ABA with 30 points per game, 19.5 rebounds per game. He accumulates 17.1 win shares this rookie season. In one season, 17.1 win shares as a rookie, winning basically every single individual award you could possibly win. ABA MVP, Rookie of the Year, All-Star Game MVP, All-ABA Everything you could possibly say. He helps the Rockets go to the Western Division Finals, but unfortunately they fall to the Los Angeles Stars. I think that, again, that would become all too frequent in the 80s for the uh, the then Denver Nuggets as well. And unfortunately for Haywood, um, he's done one and done in the NBA too because the NBA and the Super- Seattle Supersonics yeah. decide, I'm sure completely unrelated to Haywood being as really good as he was, said that, uh, you know, that rule, that, that rule that, 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 that we they have to be four years... Uh, we don't like that rule. We're just going to say it doesn't exist, and we're just going to go with it, which, hey, good on them. That's a dumb rule. They should do it. So right. the Seattle Supersonics say, we're just going to get Spencer Haywood, and then it kind of happens. I mean, obviously, many protests are launched. Lawsuits were had. People saying, well, what? The, you, just, you can't just do this. You can't just do this. And the Sonics no. were like, well, we're just going to do it. Yeah. And then they did. <laughs> and then It just kind of happened. So Haywood uh, goes to the NBA, plays to the Seattle Supersonics, uh, and unfortunately, the Rockets have – a huge fall off, uh, losing uh, a big time star like Spencer Haywood. Uh, they go to thirty and fifty four in the nineteen seventy one season, and then thirty four and fifty in the nineteen seventy two season. Uh, nineteen seventy three, they do get back on track a little bit thanks to the efforts of uh, ABA standout Warren Jabali. Uh, they win forty seven games. Still, they cannot make it deep into the playoffs. They again lose in the semifinals, and then, man, the team's fortunes just wouldn't change. On the quarter off until 1975, when it was time for a transformation. Introducing yes. the Denver Nuggets
1: again. The, the Nuggets are back, baby. Yes. So in the heading into the, the 75 season, so Bill Rungsby had already sold the Rockets to a uh, San Diego businessman uh, Frank Goldberg and Bud Fisher. I wonder if they thought they were actually buying the San Diego Rockets instead of the Eastern Rockets, Rockets. Or instead of the Denver Rockets. That would be a funny. <laughs> right. Know, that would be uh, like, like, we bought the uh, Rockets. Like, 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 yeah. Like, the Denver like, ones. Oh, they're like, no, Denver, no, no. Yeah. Sitting, so, oh, man. man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, the, at this point, you know, there was certainly there had been merger talks on and off. Certainly, it seemed like the ABA's future wasn't going to uh, be there too long, and the idea of a merger was going on. So it's like, hey, why don't we just change the name right now? Because there's another Rockets, it's a little confusing. So uh, it worked it out. So they uh, settled on the Nuggets, in homage to the original Nuggets. So as we said, they they changed things um, around. They got a new head coach, uh, Larry Brown, former ABA player, and of course, you know, coaching a lot of teams in the future and leaving a lot of places to go to other places. Uh, drafted Bobby Jones. They got five-time All-Star Matt Cal- Calvin, completely overhauled their roster, basically only Ralph Simpson and, and Byron Beck, remaining Beck being one of the players from the original uh, Denver Rockets from the expansion season. He'd been there basically the, the whole time for the franchise, and they had their best year to date. They won 65 regular season games. They went 40-2 at home, but unfortunately for them, once again – They failed to get past the Western Division Finals. They were upset by George McGinnis and the Pacers. It was kind of like the last gasp of that Pacers dynasty. Uh, 1976, they, you know, obviously they had a great regular season, but they uh, changed things around. Uh, They end up drafting uh, David Thompson and Marvin Webster, who were number one and number three overall in the NBA. They end up convincing both of them to join the ABA they obtain uh, Kentucky Colonel star Dan Issel, who they had just helped the Colonels win championship, but the Colonels apparently couldn't afford him. Um, they did have a small drop off in their overall win total, they would, but still won sixty games. They made the ABA finals finally, but meeting them, New York Nets and Julius Irving, uh, and despite their brilliance, they could not get um, they, they could not get past Julius Irving. They would lose in the ABA finals and their last appearance in a championship series until of course uh, this one coming up here and then hey it's you know they do have a great look they have a great future but then the aba nba merger takes place at the 76th season the nuggets the next and the pacers are merged into the nba so now denver nuggets are in the nba
2: yep they're in the nba spirits of st louis kentucky colonels sent out to the outside again nuggets that's yep. pacers spurs uh, brought in, yep. and then the Nuggets are in the NBA, and and they they've kept obviously they have the core of of, of Thompson and Issel and Jones, and they continue their solid play uh, even in the new league. Come over to the new league, they still win fifty games in their inaugural NBA season, which again you know speaks to and we've we've done shows about that too, where you know everybody thinks of the ABA as like this you know secondary league or whatever. I mean, a bunch of the teams you know. Th- they came over and were perfectly fine. It wasn't like they got destroyed or or were... I mean, the Nuggets won 50 games in their inaugural NBA season with the same team, basically, that they had uh, in the ABA. So uh, they make it all the way to the conference finals. Uh, they make the NBA playoffs for the next three seasons, getting as far as the Western Conference Finals again uh, in 1978, but never felt like a real threat to contend or win a championship, unfortunately. Uh, a big swing before the 1970 season as well. They trade Bobby Jones for George McGinnis, uh, but that failed to bear fruit uh, as McGinnis was was starting to kind of begin his 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 downslope of his career. Uh, and then uh, this is going to shock you, Jason. So hopefully you're sitting down. All right. I'm sitting down. Okay. Yep, okay. Uh, in the middle of the 1979 season, again, you're not – please tell me you're sitting down. Larry right. Brown – left for another coaching job in the midst of a season, said, okay. wow. I am leaving for another job. This time he went to UCLA, okay. uh, replaced him was his good friend, Donnie Walsh, future NBA executive who took yeah. over for the team. After that, uh, the team also at this time was struggling financially, uh, especially with the $2 million entry fee that they needed to join the NBA. Uh, eventually red McCombs, a prolific businessman of the era, bought the team in 1978 uh, and the team struggled in the following seasons, you know, just barely getting by, winning 30 and 37 games respectively, missing the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. really the first time in franchise history the team had missed the playoffs. You also have uh, Thompson obviously having his issues with drugs. And, you know, Dan Issel's is still fine, but, you know, a lot of the other team around him is just not that good anymore. Uh, and things are just not really looking great uh, in Denver. But thankfully, there's a hero to come, and his name is Doug Moe. Yes. Doug Mo.
1: We don't always get the hero we want, but we get the hero we deserve. And Denver (laughs) deserves Doug Mo. Doug Mo, yep. Absolutely. Yes. So steps in midway through the 1981 season, uh, helps guide them to respectability. They were 11 and 20 when he joined. He was 26 and 25 under. Said they missed the playoffs that year, but that would be the last time until 1990 that they would miss the playoffs the next season, they they would they would play fast, crazy fast, high powered, high speed motion offense with the likes of Alex English coming in, Kiki Vandeweghe coming in. They got uh, the guy, only guy who wouldn't shoot on their team, T.R. Dunn. There, plus you got Dan Issel, uh, and you just you got a lot of guys who are going to shoot, and they're going to score, and we're going to move and um, Starting in 82, they would lead the league in pace and points per game in five of the next 10 seasons. Never finished worse than three in either of those metrics. Uh, They also had one of the best offensive ratings uh, throughout the decade. In 1982, they scored at least 100 points every single game. Set the league scoring record for highest points per game, average at 126.5 points, they did not emphasize defense at any point, but it really didn't matter. Um, they were fun, and they were really good throughout that decade. They had winning records in basically every season. Uh, they made the uh, they made the playoffs every season after that. They made the Western Conference Finals in eighty five. Um, you know, now they weren't exactly great, but they were very very good. Um, and and as you said, a lot of fun. You know, they they had. Um, a really well balanced team with with English and Vandeweghe at the forward spots. You got Dan still holding things up for the half a decade in the middle, um, and of course, the their most famous uh, game would be December thirteenth, nineteen eighty three, the all time record breaking game. The N- Nuggets hosting the Detroit Pistons, triple overtime, ending with a one eighty six to one eighty four score, three hundred and seventy total points, still an NBA record. Uh, and as we mentioned, did make it to the Western Conference Finals 85, but fell to the Lakers in five games. You know, the, obviously the Lakers were pretty dominant uh, during that decade. They did retool here and there. You know, they were able to get fat lever and some other uh, pieces for Kiki vandaway trying to add some defensive chops to the team to better help them in the playoffs. And the kind of the last season in which they were really strong was the 88 season where they won 54 games. But they... They lost to the Mavericks uh, in the second round there, and then, you know, we're we're still okay for a couple of years, but that was kind of the end of the line of them, you know, being a, a team that anyone could think of as, you know, even, you know, borderline contender.
2: Yeah, a fun team, uh, you know, ultimately a, a, a solid team. But, you know, right. it, it was a weak West at that time. And, and you know, even then they were still having trouble getting, you know, past the semifinals or past the first round. You know, like you said, uh, only go to the Western Conference finals one time in 85 and, and pretty quickly get dispatched uh, by the Lakers. But a lot of fun and, and just a, a uh, just a really, really memorable team and and it's a team that i like you know going back and watching their games too and watching their style play it's just it's 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 ahead of its time in a lot of ways and you know it it's it's not the most efficient basketball it's, <laughs> but it, it's cool it, it's you know it's not the modern game in all the ways uh but it, it it resembles some of that in the sense of you know get the ball bring it up court as quick as possible get a shot you know and and, and they weren't afraid to shoot from all Parts of the court, and they weren't afraid to have everybody shoot on the team, like you said, from one to five. It was like, no, everybody score, everybody do, except for you know, if Tiara Dunn's on the on the court, yeah, well, he, no. you know, don't talk to Stay over there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just stand by defense. We don't really need you now. We're gonna need you in a minute because we're not gonna. Uh, so it it didn't uh, didn't ultimately lead to, to you know a ton of success, but but it did you know it did keep them relevant for pretty much the entire decade, which is uh, more than we could say, unfortunately, about the nineties, which uh, was not great for the Denver Nuggets. Doug Mo left uh, after the 1990 season, Paul Westhead took over and he was like, Hey, we're running. Cool. I'm in. And they were taking all of Mo's high powered offense mentality. uh, But unfortunately got even more ridiculous uh, on the defensive end where they just didn't even try like at all. Like it was like, I guess, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, maybe a rule that you shouldn't, <laughs> I don't know what they did because yeah. these guys didn't play a lick of defense at all, even even remotely. And they were very bad. They went 20 and 62, uh, then 24 and 58 and West said two seasons at the helm, which was uh, not good uh, at all. So desperate to turn things around. Denver went to former player, Dan Issel and said, please get this thing back on track. Uh, he became their head coach in 1993, helped them win 60 uh, or 36 games. Sorry, 36 games. That'd be incredible if you made him win 63 games, but uh, no, know uh, 36 right. no. games. They still missed the playoffs there. More employee though around this time is that Denver got their new star, uh, former Georgetown standout Kembe Matumbo. He was drafted in 1991. Uh, immediately assumed the role as uh, Nuggets, you know, man in the middle. Uh, and over the next few years, they they you know got guys around him uh, as well: LaFonso Ellis, Brian Stith. Uh, you know, just okay dudes, like guys maybe that aren't you know well known today, but we're we're solid enough players at the time and certainly fit the style of, of play that the NBA wanted. Uh, and, and was you know gravitating towards. this was definitely not your uh, Doug Moe nuggets at this point with Alfonso Ellis and Dekevin Matumbo and, and Bryant Stith. They were much slower, much more defensive-oriented, and uh, it kind of worked, though. They made playoffs and back-to-back seasons in 1994, 1995. Uh, 1994 obviously being the iconic first-round series upset over the uh, Seattle Supersonics, which uh, a little bit of a revenge game for stealing, or revenge series, I should say, uh, for stealing Spencer Haywood. What do you think about that? I, I don't know if that was the storyline at the time, but... I don't know. I mean, stole Spencer Haywood. Hey, we're, we're going to ruin hey, your chances to make the NBA Finals.
1: We are going to upset you uh, deeply and make you very sad for uh, that. Yes, uh, was was quite the shock. Of course, um, of course, future uh, Denver Nugget coach uh, George Carl was the uh, victim of that. I uh, I was doing a, a side a research project um, going back to the '80s Nuggets to see um, how much how many threes they generally sh- shot and. Uh, the answer is not like a whole lot. I mean, no. even for the time they were, they, a couple seasons, they did get as high as fifth in the league in, in three attempts. So there were years where they were shooting, you know, um, a bit more than, you know, the, on the higher end, but usually they were toward the middle or um, toward the uh, second half of the team. So um, just getting there, just uh, getting a clue. And yeah, even the, uh, the, the Doug Mo, um the Doug Moe, uh, led uh nuggets excuse me pacers i don't know where they had how i got Pacers we're not talking about the indiana Pacers they made the files in 2000 we don't need to talk about them so um anyway going back to yes um yeah that was quite of course you know that upset um quite the the crazy thing um and yeah and what people you know don't remember a lot I'd forgotten this too is that actually in the second round of that series Denver almost beat the Jazz too they took the Utah to seven games in the second round that year. You know, game very close to um, having another. They were they were almost the Miami Heat of the uh, '93 season.
2: Right. Just yeah. It. We'd say Heat. Who? We, we already know an eight seed that right. you know, made a yeah made a huge run in the uh uh you know the the playoffs. Yeah. It's it's that, that's a, it's I always forget about that. And they you know they lost Game Seven by like ten points or whatever. But still, they right. the, the fact that they were even in it, and also a parallel to to this year's you know playoffs, they were down three zero as well right <laughs> they were yeah. game they win game four by one point they win game five by by eight points then they win game six by three points it's probably like oh my god what the hell is gonna happen here what, you know what you know thankfully for the jazz they were able to turn it around and and, and i guess similar to the heat celtic series this year they did kind of put it away pretty easily in game seven and maybe didn't make it seem as as stressful as it was but yeah i mean that that losing game four by one and thinking oh, all right well yeah We'll let them win one, but we'll get this thing back. And then, you know, right. <laughs> losing, you know, pretty convincingly in game five had to definitely scare them. And 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 yeah, it, it would have been quite the thing, you know, to have the Denver Nuggets, you know, making it to the Western Conference Finals as, as an eight seed, you know, with with you know, not the not the most talented roster in the world either, but just a really, really good, well rounded team, uh with to Mutombo at the at the helm. But uh
1: sure.
2: yeah, that's unfortunately well, it's gonna probably be about the best of this. And Jason, we have to talk about the nineties, then the nuggets, and we unfortunately have to talk about rainbow to brown. So I'll let you take yeah. it away.
1: Oh, yeah. Why terrible decision and sort of at odds with what the NBA trends were at the time because they went from having unique colorful uniforms with, you know, a ornate or ornate but a fancy design, you know, big, bold colors, you know, mountain, rainbow mountain type design to a very boring Navy gold wine and Brown um, color that just, I have always thought looked um, awful. And um, it is sort of strange that they uh, did that. And again, they kind of went completely, they, they, you know, when the the opposite of what the, what the league was going on, I mean, maybe they just couldn't, maybe there was too much color going on. Maybe they had to get uh, bland, but yeah, it, um, and yeah, it didn't help that the team was, that was definitely their most, Horrific period uh, in time. You know, after they were 42 and 40 um, in 94 when they made the conference semis. The next season, they started 41 and uh, 41. They actually, uh, Issel left, and Bertie Bickerstaff ended up taking over and and being the uh, coach for the team. and, yeah, then it would it would really go down from there basically to the – the worst season was the 98 season when they went 11 and uh, 71 <laughs> and just were absolutely horrific. It uh, came very close to um, breaking the 76ers' uh, record for fewest wins, but they did – they, they sort of rallied a bit toward the end of the year and got to the point where they got to 11 wins. Um, yeah, and then – and yeah, so eventually, they lost to Kevin Matembo. He went to the Hawks in free agency '96. They were able to get Antonio McDice, um, and then had a weird situation where they lost McDice, but then got him uh, to the. Uh, the Suns, but then got him back but then mcdice you know got hurt and was never really the uh promise they they brought dan issel back as coach a second time that didn't really work out it was just a but they uh they had mike d'antoni there for the uh, lockout season um there you're never gonna hear from that guy again i'm sure no god no yeah
0: 14
2: and 36 now hit the bricks pal and he was an executive with this team too as they were doing terrible yeah you're done yeah you're done go back to europe pal (laughs) right (laughs) got no place for you in the nba here uh yeah it's it it got real bad it got real bad and and that that 11 and 71 season they they did uh tie the nba's worst single uh season losing streak 23 games in a row that is oh boy (laughs) that's a lot isn't that like that's just 23 games in a row is just not good and
0: save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4 dollars each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: And, you know, at the same time as they struggled on the court, off the court, absolutely a mess as well. Uh, ownership had changed a bunch of times. We we were keeping you a know, track of all the ownership changes for the Nuggets for a while. We we stopped and, and we'll pick it back up now because Comsat is is the team. It's the company. It's just yeah. sounds. It's the perfect like late eighties Reagan era like you know perfect. conglomerate Comsat. Like I don't ComSat, know what. Yeah. Who knows what Comsat did? But I'm sure they own like. Nabisco and a television network, or something. Yeah, something dumb as like hell. A, like some weird. Yeah, and combination. Then, uh, weapons.
1: They, they sold weapons to the Congress. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah they sold yeah. so, military
2: grade helicopters yeah. and they owned, you know, Kellogg's cereal. Right? Sure. Like, Perfect. God damn yeah. it. Like, what the hell is yeah. going on? But yeah. ComSat, who owned uh, them uh, as well as the former Quebec Nordiques, you know, obviously soon yeah. to be the Colorado Avalanche, uh, they Nordiques, were having financial then- issues. So in 1997, ComSat sold. Ascent Entertainment Group, their shell company for all their sports teams to Liberty Media. Now, I don't know why this happened because then Liberty Media was like, Well, we don't want the teams. (laughs) We just bought the Atlanta Braves. And it's like, well, I don't know why you made this transaction then. But okay. Uh, Probably some money moving, money washing. I have no idea. Bigger stuff. I don't get paid this much money to figure out what the hell was going on with ComSat and Liberty Media. Uh, But finally, in 1999, after years of back and forth, uh, the Avalanche and the Nuggets are sold to Walmart heirs Bill and Nancy Lurie for $400 million. But wait, (laughs) not so fast, my friends. Shareholders of Ascent Entertainment Group said that price is too low. They need to be paid for more. So Denver banking tycoon Donald Sturm swooped in and said, aha, I'll buy them for $461 million. Or did he? (laughs) Oh, no. Because The city of Denver then said that they would not transfer the parcel of land on which the Pepsi Center, which is now the Ball Center, Uh, Would would stand uh, unless Sturm promised to keep them in Denver for at least another 25 years. Negotiations eventually fell apart. He wasn't planning on moving the team, but he thought the wording of it was kind of weird. He didn't know what would happen if he died or whatever. So negotiations fall apart. Liberty once again buys them, this time for real. But it was a very weird period where all basketball decisions had to be approved by the team owners as well, which are these just giant conglomerates, which is probably a bad way to operate a, a basketball team by having to run up like, hey, can we sign Nick Van Exel? <laughs> you have to like <laughs> run up the ladder to some guy who like couldn't possibly care less, but has to care because they, they need to meddle in every single thing. So. Good Lord. Finally, mercifully, in July of 2000, the Avalanche, the Nuggets, and the Pepsi Center, and the land it was on, and all that stuff is bought by real estate mogul Stan Kronke. Uh He still owns the team to this day, sort of. Uh, when he bought the St. Louis Rams, he had a controlled movement to the team over to his son, Josh Kroenke. But effectively, the Kroenke family still owns the Denver Nuggets as of today. So that has actually lasted uh, for about 23 years so far. So uh, that's you know solid Ownership at least for now for for the Denver Nuggets when they didn't, like, didn't have it ever pretty much in their entire history.
1: I I feel like we just went through an episode of, of Succession. I know, what, know what the what? hell is going yeah, on. Yeah, Right, the, I
2: Comsat. I I, yeah. I, ComSat, I need to learn more yeah. about Comsat to figure out yeah. what they were that, what they were doing. I there got to be out of business at this point. There's no way that they're still. Uh, uh,
1: let's let, yeah. Or, or they they have like a, they have some sort of like a, you know they were forced to break up. up with, they, 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 yeah. They have some sort of like benign name that's like <laughs> right, uh, right, yeah. you know, like 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 Liberty Consolidated, yeah, sure. like yeah, yeah.
2: Forward Progress Inc. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> there like, you like, go. You I know. like that
1: Forward Progress Inc. Uh, speaking of Forward Progress, uh, things turned around for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Two thousand three, it, w- it was a good year to be bad because that summer's draft was headlined by LeBron James, one of the best of all time. You got Chris Bosh, you got Dwayne Wade, you got Darko Milchich. all those guys. I'm sure going to go to wonderful careers and the nuggets and they didn't get the number 1 spot but they ended up getting number 3 they ended up picking Syracuse star Carmelo Anthony you know charismatic guy huge college star just came off of a dramatic um championship run as a freshman you know uh really the first true like big charismatic star of the franchise it really has is David Thompson I mean I know that that Matumbo and certain level certainly was you know tied to the city and, and a big deal and obviously they had guys like Alex English and Dennis who were really good players and you know Alex and Alex English probably had some as a great score but yeah really in terms of like people actually outside of Denver paying to the team Anthony was like their first you know really guy that that was going to really happen with
2: yeah. Afraid? Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It, it's also like at that time, if if you didn't remember what Carmelo was like at this time, like obviously now right. we've just a few, you know, just a week or so ago, he he announced his retirement and it's like, you know, he's kind of a there's a weird like, yeah, great score. But, you know, ultimately, you know, never, never like, you know, a top tippy tip tippy top guy or whatever. But at this time right now, like he's coming off of like one of the best college basketball seasons of all time. Like just People were wondering, like, th- this guy's going to be like the best scorer in the NBA. Like, he's just he's, he, he scores incredibly well. The Nuggets need somebody to kind of revitalize them because it's been so long since they've been good. And and yeah, it felt like it felt like a jolt, and he felt very NBA ready as well. Even more ready, I, I think. More people probably thought that he was NBA ready than LeBron was at right. that time. Obviously, LeBron coming from high school. Oh well, the competition from high school to get to the NBA. LeBron pretty quickly showed everybody, okay, no, I'm fine. Like I, I can handle this, I'm, I'm good. But yeah. at the time, everybody was thinking, well, yeah, LeBron's like the long term project. If you could build him up, you got something. But Carmelo, you can add him to any team tomorrow, and that team's going to get better. And that was exactly what happened. They went from 17 wins to 43 in his first year and make the playoffs for the first time in 19 since 1995. So, like you're saying, that that that's that's an influence that that Thompson and 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 Dikembe didn't have. That's that's an influence that like. You know, you know, Spencer Haywood had, where it just like immediately takes that team from the doldrums into being a contender. So no, it was it was a thing. Like if you weren't around at that time, Mello was a thing, and he was a huge, huge deal in Denver. Uh, and just yeah, was felt like their first real marketable star as well, because he was marketable as hell uh, to, right. to, to to all people. I mean, to kids, to adults, to to people in Denver, to people all across uh, the world as well. I mean, there, the marketing dynamo that was Melo uh, shouldn't be under uh, uh, underrated either.
1: Yeah, I think people were thought of him as like having the career that like Kevin Durant ended up having. Like, I think that's that's the level of player that people thought he was going to be, and and he he wasn't quite that. I mean, he was excellent. He's a Hall of Famer. You know, he's um, a terrific guy. You know, he was he was the best player on some very good teams, but, but obviously didn't quite reach that level. But still was you know, like I said, awesome player, awesome star. Um, and as you said, yeah, with, you know, they had Nene, they had Marcus Camby, they acquired Andre Miller, Earl Boykins So they would, you know, they got some solid guys just around there, improved quite a bit, made the playoffs for the first time since 95. Uh, later on, they would get, uh, Kenny Martin, who was like, you know, the big free agent of that year. They won 49 games in 2005. That, that, that season actually started, um, pretty poorly but they turned around uh once they gave the coaching reins to george carl who ended up finishing 32 and 8 as coach that year and um yeah but the uh the things were you know they would go well in the regular season and then kind of fall off in yeah. the uh in, in the playoffs they would they would lose in the first round in fact in i'm going to spoil a alert here but uh George Carl, he was the coach of the um he was the coach of the uh Nuggets for nine seasons and they would lose eight times in the first round <laughs> in the nine seasons. He was coaching. So <laughs> yeah. one year they made the Western conference final. But you know, obviously they were, you know, they they again had become a good franchise. They had a bright star. They couldn't compete with the league's elite, at least not for their first season. So beginning of 2007 they take a huge swing they get Allen Iverson for andre Miller Joe Smith and two first round picks um and you know it, it looked pretty good on the court like they definitely it, you know improved a bit um 2008 they finished with you 50 and 32 it's their first 50 win um season since 88. But uh, but still in the playoffs it doesn't quite work and then you start to notice that Iverson not quite the same player that he um, had always been uh, and then they end up um, they end up switching on that pretty quickly uh, they make a, a trade for uh, they, they trade Iverson and are able to acquire Chauncey Billups from the Boston Celtics now Billups already had had a stint a brief stint as a Nuggets. Uh, Had been a University of Colorado star, so it was a big guy coming home. And that was the year where things finally clicked, a 2009 season, and the Nuggets come as close as they had ever come to the finals. They lose in the conference finals to the um, L.A. Lakers, but that's definitely the peak of the Carmelo and George Carl era.
2: Yeah, absolutely yeah I, I think you said uh, Boston Celtics for Chauncey Billups right obviously the Detroit Pistons in case anybody says he was on the yes. Pistons or, or oh, I, yes. I thought I heard yes. Celtics but Billups was everywhere for a while but yeah that, he was right. he was a, he was a piston at at, at that time yeah, but, oh, uh, yes you're right yes but uh, yeah no this was this was felt like it was the peak and it felt like, okay. And and that, that was a really good team that year. That was a team that really legitimately felt like, okay, you know, you tried the thing with Iverson and it was, it was pretty obvious to most people that Iverson and mellow was probably a bad mix and and it was okay, but it wasn't, but then you had billups, a guy who's selfless as hell winning pedigree can, can, can pass the ball, play great defense, make up for all the uh, anything that Carmelo doesn't have Billups had. You know, maybe right. people question Carmelo's leadership. Great. You got Chauncey Billups there. Maybe Carmelo's not a great defensive player. Great. You got Chauncey Billups there. You know, what I mean, it just all right. made perfect sense and it worked. It worked really well. They were 54 and 28. They ended up with the 2 seed. They go to the Western Conference Finals. They ultimately lose the series 4 to 2 to the Los Angeles Lakers like you said, but they finally felt like they maybe had something figured out like, okay, this is kind of the first run with these guys, but come back next year. Things are going to happen. I mean this this is a team that's built for the next few years, and they really they were in the regular season, like you said, they won fifty plus games again, three straight years, but fall in the first round to the Utah Jazz. uh, Their sixth first round elimination in seven years. And then things just kind of sputter, and they don't get any better, and and it's just like every year, it's like, all right, here we go again. And little by little, the enthusiasm is starting to get lost of of the mellow era in Denver. Hey, when's this guy gonna ever you know get out of the first round? When is he ever gonna you know get back here? When are we ever gonna you know win a title? And you know at the same time, you got a lot of stuff going on around the league with with several people that were in that draft class as well. Dwayne Wade has already won a title. LeBron James is is ascending to be a top tippy top star. And Melo just kind of feels like he's, you know, he's still a great scorer. He's still, you know, a very supremely talented player. But it does, it just feels like he's missing that 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 special thing or that 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 it factor to get them over the hump. And and people are also kind of wondering is how's Carmelo feeling about being in Denver and them losing uh, in the first round year after year after year after year. And uh, well, on February twenty second, two thousand eleven, we figured it out. Melo said that you know speculation that he wanted to leave the Nuggets for for a long time. Uh, that he wasn't going to resign. That he was, you know, eventually looking to, you know, plan an exit from the team. He is traded along with Chauncey Billups, Anthony Carter, Sheldon Williams, and Ronaldo Balkman to the New York Knicks in a multiplayer deal, also involving the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the Nuggets are going to receive Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, uh, Daniil Gallinari, Timothy Mozgov, and Costa Kufis. So they are going to just say, "Hey, here's give us a bunch of talented players. We'll figure it out." And they (laughs) did. They miraculously, they won their first game without Melo, even though they only had nine guys suited up and they didn't completely crater, which actually caused a lot of weird, you know, discussions about Carmelo Anthony at the time of like, it's weird. This team is doing better without Carmelo. And I know, George Carl and the Furious George book would, would, would talk a lot about this team or whatever, but they played very well. I mean, no matter what you say about Carmelo or whatever, they played well. They played well under Carl. They were a well-balanced team. Everybody was all kind of playing their role. Nobody was really the tippy-top star. They won 50 games again, but they still it, – it, regardless of that, yes, they did better with our Carmelo. They still lost in the first round, this time to the upstart Oklahoma City Thunder, which had to feel like a bit of a gut punch, too, as this team is kind of ascending, as you guys are kind of just you know floating around or, or, or maybe falling again. Uh, they did some retooling the next season. They added uh, Andre Iguodala. Again, they lost in the first round. And this is now, you know, when the George Carl thing is going to come to an end. Yes, we're winning 50 games. We're playing well. We got a well balanced team, but we just can't get out of the first round. As you said, eight first round losses in nine seasons. Once they lose Carl, the thing kind of unravel a little bit. I mean, it's two completely mundane seasons. They aren't really worth wasting our time, to be honest. The thing you do have to know uh, that, you know, in 2014, they do a pretty good pick. With the 41st overall pick during a Taco Bell commercial, famously, they traded for a pudgy NBA player from Serbia called Nikola Jokic. So uh, initially, you know, there, there was, you know, they drafted him via a trade and did all this sort of thing. But regardless, it didn't matter. They got Nikola Jokic, drafted him during a Taco Bell commercial, 41st overall pick uh, in the NBA draft. Uh, they also acquire. Uh, Yousef Nurkic and Gary Harris in that draft as well. So just a really, really good uh, haul for them. Those guys, I mean, Nurkic would, you know, there'd be a long time where there was a decision of, oh, are we going to have Nurkic or Jokic? Who's going to lead us? And they, they made the right decision, I would say, Jason, by right. by trading Nurkic and keeping Jokic. But Gary Harris, a big part of the, the Nuggets revival uh, as well. And I was I was looking at that second round of that 2014 draft. There's a lot of super talented players there. So you have the 38th overall pick. Listen to this run here. The 38th overall uh, pick is Spencer Dinwiddie, who obviously a yeah, yeah. really, really good player. I mean, still playing in the league uh, sure. today. Jeremy Grant is picked with a 39th pick. Obviously, ended up having a pretty damn good career. Sure. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third, uh, not as, as good as those other two guys, but did end up carving out a pretty good, you know, for a 40th overall pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Not bad. Uh, the 41st overall pick, well, he's a two-time MV, uh, MVP, so I'd say that's probably pretty good value. Uh, from your forty-first overall pick, uh, forty-fifth Dwight Powell, uh, who you know still on the the Dallas Mavericks, a, a pretty good pick there. Uh, forty-sixth yeah. is George uh, Jordan Clarkson again, yeah. <laughs> having a really really good career yep. uh, uh, right now. So yeah, that's a lot of value from your you know the the thirties to the forties uh, in a, uh, a a draft that you look at the top twelve. <laughs> it's like you know not a lot of good. You know you have Andrew Wiggins as the number one overall pick. You know he's, he's yeah, he's good, great career, but you know maybe not number one overall pick. Jabari sure. Parker was second overall. I mean, there, there teams Ooh, were taking. Yeah. If you weren't around for this period, teams were tanking for like two years to get one of Wiggins or Parker. Like everybody knew that those were going to be the two guys, and people were like planning their tank (laughs) to get one of those two guys ended up being, neither of them ended up having like, you know, great, great NBA careers. Uh, Number third overall pick, obviously Joel Embiid, that's going to work out. He's, he just won the MVP. That's not bad. Uh, Aaron Gordon, the number four overall pick that year ended up, you know, obviously making it to Denver right now. Uh, Dante Exum, number five overall. Uh, yeah, injuries,
1: uh, yeah, there, right, yeah, yeah.
2: didn't yeah. Uh, didn't quite work out. Yeah, you know, some, some okay talent here. Number six, Marcus Smart. Number seven, Julius Randall. Uh, number eight, Sacramento Kings, Nick Stauskas. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, Stauskas, yeah,
2: yeah, not great there. Number nine, Noah Vondale. Yeah. Not great there. Number ten, Alfred Payton. Number eleven, Doug McDermott. And then uh, number twelve, Dario Saric. Yeah, uh,
1: Saric, Saric, well, so. not bad. Yeah. Uh, I I want to I want to jump back a little bit just to the uh, note one thing. So the George Carls last year with the Nuggets it was the 2013 season. That was the year they brought Andre Iguodala in as you as you mentioned, and they had like they had Ty Lawson who was 25, they had Danilo Gallinari who's was 24, Kenneth Freed, who's 23, Wilson Chandler 25, Costa Koufos 23. Um, Evan he was twenty. They had a whole lot of guys. They had Anthony Randolph on that team. Yeah, Same that team, stuff. That team They had rolled. a lot of guys. They had a lot of guys on that team.
2: That was and, my man. NBA two K team whenever I'd play people like online or, or play my friends because like you could go like a, like thirteen deep. So you could just like do rotations. Yeah. They, they were all, everybody was healthy. Everybody was good. It was all yeah. It was I love that team.
1: Yeah, and I think people thought like Lawson and Gallinari could be like all-star level players. You know, like like Lawson kind of fell off, I think, for not in basketball related reasons, and and Gallinari had a you know a, a good career, but was never quite the player that you know he kind of seemed like he could be. But like you know that playoff series was you know Golden was that that was the three versus six where Denver won fifty seven games. They were the three, and Golden State was the uh, was the six seed that year, and I mean, that was the first year where Golden State had made the playoffs in with Steph and Clay and everybody. And that was very much a, like, two teams, potential teams the future idea behind it. And, you know, of course, Golden State won, and then Iguodala ended up leaving the Nuggets and going to the Warriors uh, famously. But um, I, I do really, that was kind of like a watershed um, NBA history moment because it was definitely not impossible for Denver to win that series. You know, and, I mean, I don't think, like, Things change dramatically. If that happens, I'm sure the Warriors are great the next year and the Nuggets, you know, obviously the guys they had were, you know, they were kind of a regular season team. But um, but still, it's sort of interesting to to look back at that 10 years ago now. And, you know, what at least what I thought at the time when I think that kind of a consensus like, oh, these are two potential teams of the future type things.
2: Yeah, so. no, it, it definitely felt like there were, you know, two ships passing at the night or whatever, and right. then like right. the Warriors just, you know, bombarded them with cannonballs and basically sunk that team. Right. And then obviously went on to have everything else that happened afterwards where it really True. felt like the Nuggets were just like really close, and they were kind of like the bastion of like, hey, this is like team basketball in the modern yeah. era, you know, they, yeah. this this is, and they were kind of playing a style that the Warriors would use as well, where it was like, hey, we're going to pass the ball around a lot, like, yeah. all five guys on this team can all contribute on the offensive end, and and you know, th- defensively, they weren't that bad, they weren't that great, but like, yeah, it's it, it sort of the Warriors seemed to take a little bit from what the Nuggets had been developing over the last couple of years, but did it with, you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, two of the best, you know, shooters of all time, and Drew Green, an absolute, you know, freak in terms of what he could do on the court, and, and they just they did it a lot better than the Nuggets did it, and, and yeah, it does, it, that did feel like a watershed moment in, in, in both those teams, where it was like, oh, wait, hold on, this is the team now. like <laughs> This Warriors team, that's the up-and-coming team, and, and like you said, Igudala jumping over uh, to them as well really felt, again, like another gut punch, too, where it was like, yeah, he's going to who the new guys are, and he picked right, right. Because obviously the Warriors would would do pretty well
1: afterwards. That's, That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. So as you mentioned, 2015, the um the Nikola Jokic era, well, it begins. It it slowly begins. It takes a while for things to pick up. But yeah, they get Michael Malone as their um new head coach. They uh they next year they get Jamal Murray. Uh, they trade Yusuf Nurkic in 2017, which basically opens up the, um, which opens up things for Jokic to be their main guy. Uh, and after falling out of the playoff pic- picture for a short time, they're right back on the cusp uh, in uh, finishing ninth in the conference in 2019, so uh, yeah, the last um, the last. Uh, five seasons have made the playoffs of each year. In 2020, they lost the Western Conference Finals, of course, to the Lakers. That was the bubble season. That was their best chance at a championship up until uh, this season, making the finals. But yeah, you know, obviously, Jokic being the key star um, of of this era, uh, he had been pretty special. Five times all NBA, three times on the first team, two MVPs, one runner-up. Uh, career, 20.2 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, 6.6 assists per game. Uh, his, his 6.6 assists per game, the most for any center for their career. Will Chamberlain at 4.4, Bill Russell at 4.3. Yeah, that,
2: that's absurd. I know we had another show where we talked about that, but like he yeah. is just blowing the other guys away <laughs> in terms of like yeah. if he keeps us up, which I don't see any reason why he, he can't keep that up. I mean, obviously, yeah, that, my, that's, my it might dip a little bit, but yeah. Right, but, right. But like right. I, I don't think all one, at, at any point, he's not going to be able to pass the ball. You know, in terms of, of getting assists, <laughs> right. it might yeah. be you know as his scoring goes down, it might be harder for him to find open guys as people aren't you know double teaming him or coming to him. But like right now, he's got such a healthy lead in that 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 almost certainly he will end his career as like the top assist center of, of all time, and he's really pretty much already there. It, you know,
1: yeah, and his you know just for some context, so Bill Walton considered one of the best passing centers of all time. Yeah. He had a 17.1 assist percentage, which which is tied for eighth all time among centers. Jokic is double that at (laughs) 35.5%. Yeah, it's it's absurd. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, I mean, It's like all the great guards and then Jokic, you know, in terms of assists um, percentage. And yeah, no one really talked about this, but he actually became within 0.2 assists of averaging a triple-double this season. 24.5 points per game, 11.8 rebounds per game, 9.8 assists. He came extremely close to averaging uh, a triple-double, and I, I don't recall hearing anybody talking about
2: it. No, I Which, don't. I don't either. Until until you put yeah. that note in there, I was like, really? And then I looked. I was like, yeah, damn, he was there. I I wonder if we have triple double fatigue. You know, yeah, pro- probably. I, I think bit, we're yeah. all like, all right, we 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 gave a little too much to triple doubles for a while there during the Westbrook yeah. era. Maybe we need to cool it down. But I mean, that's when, that's when you're so- having this kind of triple double. Like th- these aren't like you know, no offense to to, to Russell Westbrook triple doubles, but like. Good lord, <laughs> these numbers that Jokic is, is is averaging, like like you said, it's just an absurd you know stat line. It, it, you know he, he doesn't obviously get the triple double, but twenty four and a half points and eleven point eight rebounds, and then you know if he got to ten assists, I mean that's, a, that's insane. That's nuts. Yeah, and he had a triple double right. last year. Uh, he did average a triple double last year. He had two more rebounds per game. Uh, last year as well 11 assists per right. game. I mean last year was just yeah, No no game no, game, yeah.
1: no last year no I think you're misreading Richie he had, he had 13.8 total rebounds 7.9 assists. He had 11 Oh that's sorry sorry yeah. sorry
2: yes thank you thank you thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah up the assist uh reduced the rebounds a little bit there so uh right. yeah this is a pretty wild year for him to have yeah. it's, it's right. pretty crazy but like you're saying I, I didn't I didn't see enough people really talk about that and it might just be it might be Westbrook fatigue.
1: Yeah which I mean I, yeah again the the truth the Standards of triple those is for of Westbrook. What it did, it's not as novel as it used to be in terms of uh triple those, but yeah, he, uh, Jokic combined regular season and Plafia's Fifth all time in triple doubles. He just passed uh, Jason Kidd. He's 119 as as of this recording before the uh, finals. So, you know, never know, might get a few more. But yeah, uh, 210 is the record for uh, Westbrook. It'll be interesting to see if Jokic comes anywhere um, near uh, catching that one. He's obviously, you know, he's he's 27 at this point. He's uh, not old, but you never know what's going to happen for um, the rest of his career if he continues on the rate of triple doubles. But yeah, um, you know, the. just one of the most, uh, you know, uh, it, it, this is obviously in terms of the you know, greatest players in um, in Nuggets history. I don't think there's it, any question at this point that it's Jokic. Um, you know, they've had some great players, you know, retired numbers for Alex English, you know, who's the greatest scorer of the uh, 80s, at least most points in the 80s. You know, Fat Lever, David Thompson, you know, definitely before his time and, you know, injuries and drugs, you know, kept from what would have been you know what he would have been in probably would have been in contention for greatest nugget had it not been for oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. all that in terms of him
2: yeah you can you see know, his but, career you go look at his career numbers and you could tell when like you know both yeah. of those things really just rear their ugly head and it's like man this guy was on the track to being yeah. like a, an all-time all-time great and, and and still has great numbers but yeah right. ultimately you look at the, the for sure know, time. look at yeah. the stat line you're just like man yeah it, it, what, what could have been with him for sure
1: yeah, Byron Beck, of course. You know, original Nugget. Uh, you know, played the first ten, eleven years with the, uh, with the franchise. You know, you got Dan, Dan Issel, of course. You know, one of the other great players of all time, to kemi Mutombo. Uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony. Obviously, they've had some some greats there. But I think, yeah, Jokic, without question, um, takes the cake.
2: Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 ascended in a completely different way. Um, than than most other guys uh, in that franchise's history, and, and yeah, if he if he makes it, if he does, if he gets him to a title, then yeah, it's a different, uh, a totally different conversation. But uh, right. yeah, no, he, he's he's definitely he's got to be the best nugget of all time at this point. I I, I think yeah. without really any true competition. I mean, all those other guys are really really good, and all you know, play their parts. But uh yeah, two time MVP, leading them to the finals. It's yeah, it's 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 mounting up for uh Jokic now. And yeah, even if he left in like a year or two or whatever, which seems unfathomable at this time, like, yeah, it just, you know. Yeah. Doesn't seem okay. like yeah, he, he's he's probably already cemented himself there for sure. So there you go. That's the Denver Nuggets. Anything else on the uh, on the Nuggets? Oh, I did want to do an update. Uh, Comsat. You want to know uh, about Comsat? Oh, I, let, please. We did we did Sat. a great job of of uh, they are they were a global tele uh, I guess they still are a global telecommunications company based on the United States. They had satellites and they were uh, provided them to the U.S. Navy uh, Ooh, and yeah, then then exactly like you said. Uh, in 1998, they merged with Lockheed Martin. Oh, okay. <laughs> they said, hey, hey. Uh, for our genocide machines, can we borrow some of your
1: satellites? And they said, yeah. sure.
2: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yes, you Makes can. Sense. And somewhere yeah. along the line there, they also owned professional basketball teams <laughs> and the Avalanche, because, of course, okay. you have to diversify, Jason.
1: It's the 80s. You got to diversify, I mean, you gotta diversify yeah. your portfolio.
2: You got to own some sports gotta. teams. So,
1: Right. You got to own some sports teams. You got to own some food companies. You got to, yeah. You, so. You know. Yeah, we they nailed own, it. Uh, we nailed it. Uh, pretty station. much what they were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Own oh, regional regional sports network. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was enjoyable. Hopefully, people uh, got to know a little bit more about the uh, Nuggets. You know. Yeah, they're a team. It's interesting. So now, Rich, do you know which teams have not made the NBA Finals? Now Ooh, that the Nuggets have, yeah, which I, believe, I believe there are five.
2: Okay. Did you, do you have a pretty good idea in your head?
1: I, I do,
0: yes. Okay,
2: so definitely the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know that. Right. I ooh, I think it's – isn't it both the Hornets and the Pelicans? Like all the Charlotte and New Orleans, throw them all in together, right? Correct, yes. Both of them, okay. Yeah. Uh Oh, the the Grizzlies haven't because they're still, you know, still Correct. pretty new here. yep oh. yeah. I guess they're not that new. They've been around for a lot of time. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're not that new. Yeah. They probably should make the finals somewhere. twenty-eight, some years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 28 yes. years. Hey, you know, Correct. I still feel young, and I'm thirty-five. So you know, that's fine. Sure. All uh, right. Oh man,
1: they're they're known for their historical ineptitude. Of the- oh, the Clippers,
2: of course, the yes. Clippers. Yeah, the freaking yes. Clippers. Come on.
1: <laughs> yes. So those are the five teams. Now the Hawks and the Kings have not made the um, finals in their current cities. You know, so. The Hawks last made the finals in sixty two, I believe, with the uh, of course when they were in St. Louis and, yeah, the, and the Rochester the Kings. Royals. Right. Yeah. I think fifty one would have been the last year. They they zero the, they won the championship in Rochester. So yeah. So uh yeah, got a chart. Got got another one on there. So we'll see uh we'll see who uh, makes it uh, next out of those uh, franchises. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, Ooh, I I mean I would have said the if you asked me before last season, I would say the Grizzlies, right. but I'm not yeah. so sure about that one anymore. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not
0: know. so sure about that one yeah. anymore.
1: None of the above. None of the above,
2: honestly. If I was a betting, if gun to my head you said pick one, I'd probably just say, I right, you know. Yeah. Maybe just shoot me. I don't know. <laughs> the right. pelicans I guess. Yeah. There go. Zion just as healthy one year and greats, and, yeah. and maybe they do yeah. it. Uh Clippers right. don't feel like they have momentum right now. The Timberwolves, dear God, no. And then oh, uh, yeah. the Hornets,
1: ugh. yeah, <laughs> no, no way. Doesn't seem, uh, doesn't seem great. So, all right, well, uh, Rich, it's been a fun one. Yeah, Hope, uh, hopefully everyone uh, enjoyed it. You know, check out uh, the step back at FanSided, where, where our shows are podcast with some great uh, NBA uh, content. Of course, with the uh, with the finals coming up, all you want to know is uh, there. And uh, you can find us at OverandBackNBA.com. We are on social media at Facebook and Twitter at over and back NBA. I guess we're on Instagram as well. Um, you can listen to us wherever podcasts are played. Just uh, leave us a rating and a review if you can to help uh, people uh, – I don't know. It helps people, I guess the, the the more the the more we do that, the more attention we get and yeah. the more self-esteem we get, which is you know of course the most important
2: thing. All right. More people to join the join, join the community, join the conversation, have fun doing yeah. this sort of thing. So yeah, right. the more the more the merrier, for sure. Well,
1: the more the merrier indeed. So all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again soon.